welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. How's everybody doing? Hasn't church been awesome so far? Amen. You know, I really felt strongly as um, Pastor Adrian was prophesying over Jess and as we were praying over you, Jess, that there was that God was speaking to a bunch of you young adults in this place. And it was just like God was just like pulling at your heart that you wanted to come along and be part of what was what God was doing in the young adults and be part of that team. If that was you, that God was just pulling on your heart to be like, yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of building a young adults culture in this church. I want to be part of starting a movement in this city. Go talk to her after church. We are a together church. This is not the me, myself, and I show that we are the kingdom of God, doing the works of God together. We are, as that song said, we're an army rising and shining for the for the glory of God, for the light of God has come. It's here. It's rising. Can you feel it rising? Can you sense it in your spirit rising? When you're hungry, can you feel it rising? <laughs> I was talking to Jody this morning, and Jody's a trainer. Jody, raise your hand. If none of you have met Jody yet, say you can say hi to her after church. Her and her husband, they're an awesome couple, but she's a trainer. And uh, I was like, Jody, I was at the gym last night. <laughs> I'm like, are you fasting? She's like, yeah, I'm fasting. I'm like, yeah, me too. And I was just, I couldn't even do squats last night. It was just like, no, I text Jake. I'm like, I think I'm blacking out here. So to everyone who is doing this fast, <laughs> we are believing God for you. But you know what? It's, it pushes you to a place of, isn't it? It just pushes you to a place of Jesus when you're hungry. It's like, okay, God, make me more hungry for you. You know, when you feel like you're just on the verge of like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, God, no, I surrender. Not what I will, but your will be done. But can I just say in all of this, I got a text from Charmaine. Where's Charmaine? Where's Charmaine? Charmaine, there you are. I got a text from Charmaine on Tuesday before ministry school. She's like, Pastor Jenny, I just landscaped all day. She works with Andre and his wife, and, and she said, I just landscaped all day, and I just feel like I'm going to pass out right now. And I'm like, well, what did you eat today? She's like, I had a smoothie. I'm like, oh, honey, I'm coming to pick you up, and I'm bringing protein powder for you. Please put protein powder in that shake. But so f- I'm saying this as a plug, as a pastor, for some of you where this might be your first fast, okay, and, you know, this is just your first of, of something new, is that just do it with wisdom. So if God tells you to eat something or if you're feeling like faint, please eat something, okay? Okay, come on, we can laugh. Please eat something. We don't want to find out that someone went to the hospital because of this 21-day fast, okay? Eat, are you with me? Raise your hand if you can hear me. If you got to eat something, eat something. But if you can go the next mile, go the next mile. Yes, absolutely, Pastor Jake. said, so you got to do what God's calling you to do. Uche wrote me last night, and she's part of our Worship Leaders Collective team. She's like, Jenny, are you going to break the fast this week just with the team coming in? I said, I don't know. Maybe. We're making dinner. I'm making Mexican for my team on Friday night, and we're not, we're not supposed to break our fast until Sunday. And I said, I don't know. I said, we'll just see as the day you know, approaches. I might break it with the team because they're flying out, and I want to be honoring to them in that situation. But I don't know where you guys are at. But where I'm at, I just keep coming back to the scripture where it said, but Joshua was a young man, and he stayed in the tent. You know that scripture? And he stayed in the tent. And I was just talking to Jake last night, and I'm just like, babe, I just want to stay in the tent. I was talking to Jody about this morning. Jody, like, I just want to stay. 
I just want to stay in the tent and just get more of God because when you get this far, you don't want to miss anything that God has for you. Amen? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it, and we're not going to in the name of Jesus because it's the word of God says, arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. If you have a Bible with you this morning or device, please open it to Joshua 3.5. The scripture was burning in my heart last Sunday, and it's been burning in my spirit all week. Joshua 3. I posted something on social media this week, and it says, if you want something, or if you want what is uncommon from an uncommon God, then you're going to have to do something that is uncommon. Did you get that? If we want something that is uncommon from an uncommon God, because he's not just any God with the, with the lowercase g. He is God. He is king of kings, Lord of lords, everlasting, ever was and ever will be. If we want something uncommon, like what we were talking about last week in worship, if the woman with the issue of blood, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, and I would be healed. If we want that, it's going to take uncommon determination. It's going to take uncommon surrender. It's going to take uncommon love, uncommon forgiveness. It's going to take uncommonness, power of the Holy Spirit to have that. And I don't know where you're at, but I want that. Do you want that? I want that. As a church, I can just sense the Spirit of God brooding and hovering. And even as we're worshiping this morning, and Chad was just leading the team this morning between stuff, and in the middle of the transitions, I could just feel the hovering of the Holy Spirit. And there was just a hunger inside of my heart saying, God, I want that. I want that. And if I have to be hungrier, then I want that. And if I have to pay a price as one of the pastors of this church to lead the way in that, then I'm going to do that. Then it's worth being hungry. You are worth, this city, this region is worth being hungry for. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you go and study that in the Bible, the sons were the mature ones. They were the mature ones. They were the ones that realized that sometimes you're going to have to stay a little bit longer. That sometimes you're going to have to fast because some things in life only come about by prayer and by fasting. Some things in your life and your family will only be broken by fasting. Why is it like that? I don't know, but the Bible says that. And when the Bible says that, I believe it. I don't question it. If you have time this week, go read Isaiah 58. It's great to be going along as a church, and I love it. We're going together into this Bible app day by day. It's been so encouraging, hasn't it, to be reading everyone's comments. If you're on the Bible app, we've been encouraging our kid, comment. I said, because what God's doing in you encourages God to do something in somebody else. This is not a lone, this is not a lone wolf journey, church. We are going together in the grace of God. I want all of Jesus. I don't want something. I, great for the crumbs under the table, but thanks, he prepared a place. He prepared a, a table for me in the presence of thine enemy. He put a seat for me at his table. I'm going to take my chair, and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down in this season and get everything that God has for us in my family, in, my, in the business that my family and I run. I want everything that God has for it. I want it for this church. I want it for your families. I want it for your extended family. I put my arm around Marlene this morning. I said, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for uncommon encounters 
with the Spirit of God this season. Because the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by his Holy Spirit. This is a season, church, to probably talk less and to pray more. <laughs> Did you hear me? This is probably a season to talk less and to pray more. Because I have learned when it comes to salvation and when it comes to your family, talking to them more about Jesus probably isn't going to bring them to Jesus if it hasn't yet already. We need to get committed like Joshua in the tent and just say, okay, God, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. And if that's a day, if that's a week, some of us have been waiting decades. Who's been waiting decades? Uche and I were talking the other day, and she reminded me of something. And I just, I wrote her back. I said, oh, yeah, I've been waiting 22 years for that one. I'm old enough to say I've been waiting 22 years for something. I am not 22 anymore. I am 42 years old. And there's some things that I have been waiting, prophetic words that I had in my life that I'm waiting for 22 years later. And if I've got to get hungrier and hungrier and get on my knees before God and just say, okay, God, you're in the waiting. Because I have realized at 42 years of, old, oh, 42 years of age that this life is a life of faith. And this is about church becoming more like Jesus. Did you hear me? This is all about becoming more like Jesus and the world's like, do, 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 you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you be awesome, be awesome, be awesome. Feel it? The pressure sometimes. Make more money, make more money, make more money, make more money. And God just says, if you just stay in the tent a little bit longer, if you just come and be with me, I will give you everything that you need. And he will sanctify your desires, church. That's a word for some of you. He will sanctify your desires. And he will sanctify your heart so it comes into alignment with his desires and the heart that he has. And then the desires and the dreams that you have come down and you say, God, here am I. I've tried it my way. It doesn't work. But when we come to the place of surrender, our lives begin to align with him. And heaven comes down and it comes, and it comes in and invades us. And you know what happens? You begin to look back and you're like, I feel so fulfilled. Wow, look what God has done. And then you realize, oh, the miracle starts with the surrender. If you're taking notes this morning, write that down. I just got ahead of myself, and Cheryl's probably wondering what I'm doing this morning. Uh, Cherokee, can I have this water? Is that okay? Okay, so we're at Joshua 3.5. Okay. Cheryl, I'm going to go off grid for a little bit. I'm not good with this whole slide thing. Jake's very organized. Let me tell you the difference between Jake and I. Jake and I moved into this house, what month? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did. Yeah, and wow, guys. All the time for an anniversary party there. We moved into our house of April 2018. Jake's side of the closet still looks perfect. Perfect. Okay, if anyone knows Jake, he's very organized. Pastor Adrian would love that side of Jake. He's very organized. Everything has a box and a folder. Me? No. Every day, I have to reorganize my side of the closet. So going off grid, just kind of what I do. Okay, Joshua 3. I'm gonna, this is not a slide, but Cheryl, bear with me. I'm just going to read this because it caught my heart this morning. 3-1, okay, are we together? Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set about from 
Shittim, and they, they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from the place and follow it. What did they do? They followed the presence of the Lord. Church, we've got to be a people that follow the presence of the Lord. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it at about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you should go, for you have not passed this way before. Let's just park there for a minute. And I wasn't planning on doing this until I read this this morning, but you have not passed this way before. And then we're going to get to the next scripture and start. We are passing away. I believe, as a church, that we haven't been before. Listen, I'm going to say that again. We are passing away as a church that seems uncertain, it's uncommon, it's unusual, it's different, that we haven't been before. But I sense in my heart, it's so good. Okay, slide. Do you have the slide? There we go. Then Joshua 3, 5, And Joshua said to his people, Sanctify yourselves, for his purpose, okay, sanctify yourselves to the Lord, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders and miracles um, uh, among you. Next slide. Then Joshua, this is in the message translation, then Joshua addressed the people and said, sanctify yourselves, tomorrow will work miracle, uh, miracle wonders among you. And we see that. Who's read this scripture before? Hands up. Come on. Everyone's so shy in this place. I remember the first time I, w- I read that, I was like, yes, he's going to do wonders, right? Come on, all you prophetic types, you see wonders, and you go, yeah, he's going to use me, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to go all over the world, and there's going to be no hardship, none, babe, none. We're not going to have any marriage issues. We're not going to have any financial issues. We're not going to have any trouble finding out the will of God. No relation, none, because he's going to do what? Wonderful God, he's going to do miracles. My first prophetic word was, and I, wanted, I was trying to find it last night. I'm like, oh, Jesus, did I lose my first prophetic word? This is special. And it talked about how God was raising me up to be a prophetic voice in this nation, 18 years old. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then you get older. And then you go through life. And then things don't come to pass. And you're like, wait a minute. Did I miss something in that scripture? Come on, you guys. Like, it's so funny. Like, I have the gift of laughing at myself. <laughs> and then you, like, go back, and it's like, okay, I didn't read the fine print on this. Oh, he said, sanctify yourselves. Oh, oh. And then you have, like, those oh moments. Oh, okay. And then you go further down, and the Lord just gives you more seasons upon more seasons where you're coming to your knees. He's like, I'm just going to, like, you're just going to become more like me. And it's like, he's like, hail, fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, people are breaking into your car in Vancouver. They steal all your notebooks. And you're like, no, God, this is supposed to be a great season. I just got engaged, and we're going to be a dynamic duo for the glory of God. And you're like, wow. And then you come down from, from years and years. And this is just the beginning for you guys. <laughs> just the beginning. And you, and you come through these seasons. Jake and I have walked through these seasons. And it was so hard, but it was so wonderful. 
Do you feel that? And perhaps you're in a season where it's just like, but Jen, I just feel like it's just so hard. It's so hard. And you know what? I'd put my arm around you and say, I know. I know, and I love you. But I also know that you're going to get through this. And through this, you will become more like Jesus. And the situation that you're in isn't going to break you. It's not going to cause you to be destroyed. But God's going to turn this around for his good and for his glory. So it says, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. So sanctify means to, slide. No, next one. (laughs) That's good. Sanctify means to consecrate. It means to set yourself apart. Next slide. So the root of the Hebrew word um, of sanctify literally means to betroth. I don't know if you know that, but just I just want to teach that to you today. It means to betroth. It is a pledge in marriage. It is to choose to commit yourself, all of yourself, okay? So when it says sanctify yourself to the Lord, we're not just bringing some of ourself, but it's, it's a choice to commit all of ourself to this man or this woman, in this case to the Lord, and then to honor that commitment in season and out, through hail, through fire, through rain, through pain, we sanctify ourselves. Next slide. Sanctifying our hearts to the Lord is the, is the same way. We pledge a commitment to honor God, even whether it's convenient or not. And just as I was praying into this week, I really sent strongly, um, who's doing the Bible app? Okay, I think it was the first day that Jensen Franklin awesome man of God, he talked about the second touch. Do you remember that? The second touch was the scripture about the trees. The second touch. And as I was, as I was listening to the spirit of God, I was like, oh, we need to go for the second touch as the church. Maybe some of us the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Some of us need to today maybe go for the second shred and be like, oh, actually, God's been revealing more to me that I need to put in that shredder. And maybe we need to have a basket up here later and just, like, put stuff in the basket. Um, But I I sensed as I was praying into this week that some of us have sanctified, if I can say married. We've married our hearts to things that we need to unmarry our hearts from today. That we have allowed ourselves to be attached to things that are taking us away from the things that God's calling us to do. So on one hand, you're wondering, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? But then it's like we've seen the one side of the verse and the Lord's saying, but no, you need to just sanctify yourself. And just as I'm speaking and even in the weeks to come, be listening to be like, God, just like the scripture says, try me. Examine me. King David said this. See if there be any wickedness, any evil way in me, Lord, and lead me in the way of everlasting because sanctification will lead us to that place. It will always lead us to the best place. Trying to be tied to things that we're not supposed to be tied to, whether it's relationships, it could be business deals, it could be business partners, it could be emotions, it could be grief. Some of us might be tied to grief and the Lord's saying today by the Spirit of God, let it go. Let it go. That's not the way that I've called you to live. Just let it go. It's going to be okay. Let it go. Because I've called you into a new day and I've called you into a new way for such a time as this. And if you would just sanctify and surrender it and surrender your heart to me and render your heart to me, I will begin to be able to fully, not a little bit, work in you and through you for my glory and for my honor, says the Spirit of the Lord. 
And God wants to do wonders through us. He wants to do wonders in us as a church. But it starts with us individually. And the miracle church starts with the surrender. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. First Thessalonians 5. Good thing I have it written down because that page is missing out of my bio. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.12. It says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to appreciate those who diligently work among you. Recognize, acknowledge, and respect your leaders. Next slide. Next uh, who are in charge over you and in the Lord and who give you instruction? And we ask that you appreciate them and hold them in the highest esteem and love because of their work on your behalf. Live in peace with one another. We earnestly urge you believers, admonish those who are, are out of line, the undisciplined, the unruly, disorderly, encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage. Let's just pause here for a minute. I just want to put a little plug in. Your friends need you. Did you hear me? Your friends need you. And you need your friends. We need each other's wisdom. We need each other's guidance. And sometimes we need people to say to us, stop doing that. Don't do that. Next scripture. Help the spiritually weak. Be very patient. Not patient, guys. Very patient with everyone. Always controlling your temper. Next verse. See that no one repays another uh, with evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. Next scripture. Now we're going to stop here for a minute. I was talking to my father-in-law today, and I was just bouncing things, scriptures back and forth. We like to just chat back and forth. And I said, hey, I said, I've been reading this. I said, do you think this is a recipe for a sanctified life? And he said, yeah. He said, absolutely. Because church, a sanctified life starts with a sanctified heart. Did you hear that? A sanctified life starts with a sanctified heart where God's moving in us and through us for his glory and for his power. We all have people that we look up to, don't we? When I was younger and I'd see worship leaders or like, you know, people that could preach and stuff, you know, you have people that you look up to, your past, you look up to them and you're like, wow, wow, you know, sometimes... You think that, and then you get older, and you're like, wow, the price they paid to be able to have that kind of anointing. An anointed life starts with sanctifying your heart. The fruit of an anointed life starts with us sanctifying and marrying our hearts to the Lord. And the Apostle Paul here says, now he, he was talking about other people and to other people, but now he's talking more inward. And he says here, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Next slide. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Next slide. In every situation, no matter what, say no matter what, the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Next slide. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Next one. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecy, spoken revelations, word of instructions or exhortations or warning. Paul's being very clear about this. Next one. But test all things. Say test. All things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. Next slide. 
Abstain from every form of evil, withdraw and keep from it. Next slide. Do we have another one? Now may the very God of peace himself sanctify you. Say sanctify. You see that? It says now, now when we do all that, now it's saying, and now may the very God of peace, when we do that, sanctify you through and through. In another translation, it says holy. So when God does something in us, he doesn't miss stuff, but it says holy. That is separate from, from profane and vulgar things, make you pure, whole, and undamaged. There's another slide, or is that it? That's it? Oh, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go back to 16. And it says, rejoice always in delight in your face. Say rejoice always. Who's super good at that? You're good at that. You guys are really good at that. And Lee, Lee, you put up your hand. Who follows Lee on Instagram? If you're having a bad day, just follow, just go look at Lee's Instagram. It's amazing. She'll just like encourage you. Rejoice always. It's it's hard. It's hard sometimes to rejoice when things are falling apart and you're you're going at it, you know, when things aren't going right and you're, you just feel like you're failing in some ways. But Paul says, but rejoice always. So if the Bible says to rejoice always, do you think that means that we can? Yes, it means that we can. Next one. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Say be unceasing. Oh, I love these oh moments. And oh, that means if I just pray, if I just pray a prayer, it's just going to happen. No, not always, sometimes. I hope so. I hope when you pray a prayer, it just happens like that. I do. But on, in some ways in my own life, I hope that it doesn't happen because it causes me to keep pressing and pressing and pressing into God. And as I'm pressing, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming more like him. He's saying be unceasing and persistent in prayer like the woman with the issue of, the woman of the issue of blood. She... Why did she have to press forth for Jesus? Why could she just have not got healed in the room where Jesus was? Well, God will just heal me where I'm at. Maybe. But then sometimes we've got to move forward and forward. And what did, Je what did Jesus say in there? He said, who touched me? Out of everybody that was around him, how did he feel her, guys? If we all just stood around, you, you, you wouldn't, everyone would be touching you. Your sensors are just like, oh, everyone's around me. If you're an introvert, you're like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. But Jesus felt her touch, and he said, woman, your faith has made her whole. And that's scripture. Yep. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. Say continually. Give thanks. To who? Say continually. Say give thanks. To who? Oh, I have to continually give thanks. Look at your neighbor. Say, continually give thanks. Babe, continually give thanks. Now, does it say for? Now, in some translations, it'll say in everything give thanks. Paul didn't say for everything. Well, I thank you for this sickness, God. You're just making me more like you, and you made me sick. I don't know where you're at theologically, okay? But I'm not there theologically. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I do believe 
that bad things happen in this world. Jesus made that very clear. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome all of that. And the Bible and the presence of the Lord, the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit gives us tools to come out of that. But I'm not going to give thanks for being sick. But I can give thanks in the middle of sickness and say, God, in my weakness, you are greater. In my sickness, your word has healed me. When you're having warfare and battles in your home, I'm not going to say, well, thank you for this battle. No. I'm not going to say that. No weapon formed against me in my home shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against in judgment, we refute today in the name of Jesus. And we call it down. That's what I believe. But in that, I can give thanks and say, you know what? Like the song says, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. But I thank you, God, that I'm surrounded by you. Next scripture. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working of the Holy Spirit. Studied this out a little bit. I did. Doesn't complete, it, it's good to know what's happening in that situation because Paul is speaking to the, the church at Thessalonica. He's speaking to the Thessalonians. So that can mean two things. To subdue and quench the Holy Spirit can actually mean two things. It can mean an inadequate or chilled response to the Holy Spirit. But it also meant something else in that church. It meant exaggerated and a disruptive response to the Holy Spirit. Bet you didn't, some of you didn't know that. So they were having issues in this church where people weren't responding to the Holy Spirit. But then they had, they had issues going on where people were being disrupted while the Holy Spirit was, was working. But we want to come in line with the word of God and be responders to the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm a responder to the Holy Spirit. Say, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies. We heard that this morning, didn't we, from Pastor Adrian ministering to Jessica today. Spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation. Uh, next scripture or next one. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. Who's had a prophetic word in this house? The first thing, if I get a phone call from someone and someone's like, I got a prophetic word. Who's got those phone calls? And they're like, so God gave me a word. And I'm like, awesome. I want to get excited with my friends. I'm like, who gave it to you? It's usually my first question. Who gave it to you? Because if I don't see fruit in someone's life that's giving a prophetic word, I'm probably going to be more um, shelved a little bit. I don't want to ever say that something isn't the Lord, but I'm probably going to shelve it a little bit because I haven't seen the character in the fruit of their life to be able to receive from them. But when Jessica gets a word from Pastor Adrian this morning, that's absolutely a word from the Spirit of God for you, and we recorded it, and we'll get you a copy of that today. We say, thank God. Thank God for the words of the Lord in this house. Thank God for the prophetic flowing, the prophetic utterances flowing, so that we can hear from heaven. But I want to take it another step further in that scripture. You can hear from the Lord on yourself, too. Who's ever done that? You just get a journal out? Have you ever had a journal out and you just had quiet time with the Lord and you just opened it? Who's done that? And then you're just like, God, would you just speak to me? Who know, who's had those moments where you, you know what I'm talking about? 
And then it's just like suddenly, it's just like your, your hand just starts writing. And then you look back like five, you know, it's like tears usually flowing down your eyes. And it's just like this like, you know, heaven come down moment, open heaven, just you with the Lord. And you look at it and you're like, oh, I got a word from the Lord. You did. And you can hear from the Lord. And you can hear from the Lord. And I would say nothing can be more pure than God speaking directly to you, Uche. Because when God speaks to me through you, it's through me. It's through my personality. It's through things that I can know about you. And we do our best to divide between soul and spirit, especially as we grow in the Lord and we get older and older. But nothing can be more pure than God speaking directly to you. And he wants to have encounters with every person in this church. In this church. He wants to have times with you in the tent where it's just you and him, where he's downloading things. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I'll answer you. He's not a Marco Polo. Go ahead, Marco Polo. And he's hiding. And sometimes you don't even feel like he's hiding. There's seasons I'm like, God, are you like running from me right now? I actually kind of need you. I need you, God. Thanks. And on that note, for some of you who are learning to hear the voice of God, when you don't hear something back, just wait. Just wait. Sometimes he's just teaching us to do the same thing. And when you don't know what to do, keep doing what you are already doing. And it's going to be okay because he will meet you because he said, call to me and I'll answer you and I will show you those things that are fenced and hidden. So we thank God for the Holy Spirit in this place. We thank God for words of prophecy that equip and help empower us and help reveal things to us. Amen. But in then verse 23, let's just jump there. I've got to get on with it here. And can we have the worship team come up, please? But it says, Mary, the very God of peace himself, sanctify you through and through. So when we rejoice always... When we, when we train ourselves to pray without ceasing, and we're not perfect, none of us in this room are going to get it right. And everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. When we, when we don't quench the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we embrace the prophetic, but we forgot one actually, verse 22. We forgot one. Abstain from every form of evil. This is, this is one I wanted to make sure we parked on. Guys, we got to abstain from it. Just get away from it. It's like, and I just had this like picture as I was reading this. I'm like, just back away. <laughs> just back away. In one translation, I think it was the Passion Translation, it says, be aloof in it. Young people, you guys have access to, we all have access to it. But for young people, it's new. Some of this is new. And sometimes people will text you something, and you can't unsee what they text you. You know what I'm talking about. Or you can't unhear what you heard. And when you get situations like that, the Holy Spirit says to you, just back away. You just stay aloof from it. Romans 16, 19 says, be excellent at what is good. Be innocent. Say innocent. Innocent of evil. And then what it says? It says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. You want, you want Satan to be crushed under your feet? You want God to work in you and through you? Then stay away from evil. Stay away from it. And that's a word for some of you. For one or two of you, really, it's a caution from the Spirit of the Lord. Break it off. Shred it. Get rid of it in Jesus' name. Because it is not going to take you to the place where you need to go. And God has places for you to go things for you to minister to, things that he wants to do in your life. And it comes from being sanctified. 
It comes from staying in the tent and allowing God to wash and cleanse our heart. It becomes married to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God. Let's, oh, let's, one last scripture, 2 Samuel. Let's stand up and we can look at this together. Second Samuel 24, 24. And David said this. He said, I'm not going to sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. Do you have great dreams and aspirations for your life? Do you? Come on, put your hand up. Do you? Me too. And we are in a beautiful season as a church. Beautiful. Guys, beautiful. Beautiful. As we're in the presence of God today, God, you're so lovely. God, you're so beautiful. Jesus, I want to be more like you in your presence. We call out to dry bones. Come alive. We call out to dead hearts. Come alive. Jesus, break us. Make us more like you. But David said, I won't sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. There was an angel hovering over Jerusalem before this all happened. And he was going to destroy Jerusalem because they had three choices. They could either experience a famine for three years. Oh, my goodness. They could... Something else. Help me. I won't have it there. Pardon? Yeah. The last one, the, the last one was three days of pestilence, so... And this was when the angel was hovering over Jerusalem and was just about to give it to them. And God didn't want to. And, and, and David knew that if he didn't step in, he was like, oh, man, if I don't do something, this is going to happen. And he comes to this place. Then Gad the prophet came to David in that day and said to him, go up, set up an altar to the Lord. And we're going to do that this morning. We are going to make this place, the front of this place, an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arun of the Jebusite where you saw the angel. So David went up according to Gad, to Gad's word, and the Lord commanded Aruna. And he looked down and saw the king and his servants crossing over towards him, and he went out and bowed before the king and his face toward the ground. Um, Aruna said, Why has my lord king done this to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord so that the plague may be held back from my people. And Aruna said to David, Well, let the Lord my king uh, take up and offer what seems good to him. Look, here are the oxen, here are the burnt offerings. He's saying, Here, you can just have it. I'm just going to give it to you. Just take it for free. It's you, David. You're awesome. Just take it. I love you. All of this, O king, Aruna gives to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God be favorable to you. But David said to Aruna, He said, No. He said, I can't do that, but I will certainly buy it for you from a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord, which cost me nothing. And then it said, and David built an altar to the Lord. These 21 days, this journey that we're on as a church at the beginning of 2019, it's significant. It's significant. Just put your hand on your heart. It's significant. And I have a friend that likes to say, if this is something, this is everything. And I'm telling you, this is something. 
And this is everything. And God is working something and he's building something in us to do things through us. To fulfill the calling and the mandate on us. But it starts with sanctifying our heart. It, It starts with us surrendering. And I believe some of us are supposed to respond to the spirit of God and just come up to the front this morning and just build an altar around here. We're going to sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul. I worship you alone. The Bible says that many are called, but you are, few are chosen. I remember being a young person and reading that and being like, God, I want to be that one. I want to be that one. And he said, if you're going to be that one, then I'm going to have to work something really great in you. And I'm going to tell you this, the greater the call, the greater the price. Friends, the greater the call, the greater the price. But David knew that. And even when he was offered, he didn't ask for it for free. Even when he was offered it for free, he said, no, 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 I can't do that. And I feel like this altar this morning is kind of like the cost. I don't want to take away from the significance of the more in the days to come. But that God is going to do something so significant when we just bow before him today and we just say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Because what God does in us, he works through us. And we can't afford to give uncommon things to an uncommon God and expect him to do uncommon things through us. It doesn't work like that, Cherokee. It doesn't work like that. It's going to require sanctification. It's going to require time. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require you on your face before God. It's going to require you to have to hear things maybe you don't want to hear and do things that maybe you don't want to do. But God says that if you will just do that, I will anoint you and I will take you to places that you've dreamed to go. And I will begin to sing through you and I will begin to minister to through you as you sacrifice and as you surrender to me. I'm working on a school project right now. And it's a research project and I had to ask some people to help me with it. And, I, and they had to be quite vulnerable with me. And I had, to sign a, I had to have them sign a confidentiality report with the university. But I, will, I can't say this much. We don't got small dreams in our heart. There's not one person in this room that has smallness in your heart. Not one person. And if there is, you've just been disappointed and you've been hurt and God wants to heal that this morning. Those who know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. God wants to heal some people in this place. God wants to move in our hearts this morning. But the significance of some of that stuff that I was reading in those papers, as they were being vulnerable and transparent with me, I was like, oh, that's going to cost you a lot. But I can help you. And I will help you by the grace of God. Chad, can we just sing that, Lord, I give you my heart? As the Lord's speaking, heart just come Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. 
we just want to remind you that you were made for hope.